enemies. I'm preaching today about real forgiveness. Real forgiveness. At the age of 13, I was sexually abused by a lady who was not my mother. Some of you know my story, and you're talking about being confused, angry, bitter. I was violated. I had shame. Why is this happening? Manipulated. Can I tell you, I know the difficulty it is to try to forgive somebody who's deeply hurt you. I'll be honest, it wasn't easy. I struggled with bitterness. I struggled with rage. It's not easy to experience real forgiveness. And sometimes, you know, when I think about it, I think a lot of people don't experience real forgiveness. I'm talking about forgiveness where, where you really forgive and, and you can love your enemies. And you can pray for those who persecute you. And you can bless them instead of cursing them. That, that, that you have experienced real forgiveness where you actually want what's best for that person. You want them to know God. You want their life to be blessed. You, you want them to prosper in their own life, that you wish success and bless, believe success for their life. Real forgiveness. That's not easy. And sometimes I, I think people espouse with their mouth. They say with their mouth that they've forgiven someone, but in reality they haven't forgiven someone as the, as, as the Scripture lays out. And today I want to talk to you about one of my favorite Bible stories. I, I began the series preaching on this biblical character. And, and it's one of my favorite stories on forgiveness in the Bible. I want to talk to you about Joseph. You see, Joseph, his father favored him. And because he favored Joseph, all of his other brothers hated him. They despised Joseph. And, and then one day Joseph has a dream that he's going to rule over his brothers. He's, he's going to have authority over them. He's going to be a leader over them. And, and his brothers, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 37, that they hated him all the more because of his dream. They began to plot and plan to kill their own brother. One day Joseph shows up checking on his brothers, and, and they decided that they were going to kill Joseph that day. As they saw him coming from the distance, Joseph arrived. They threw Joseph in a pit planning to kill him. They decided not to kill him, but instead they decided to sell Joseph into slavery. They sold their own brother into slavery. I'm telling you, that's called sibling rivalry right there. That's called being ugly. That's hatred on another level. And yet Joseph experienced real forgiveness. And I want to talk to you about his life today, and I want to give you five steps to real forgiveness, five steps to real forgiveness. I realize some of you are hurting. I realize some of you are dealing with bitterness and anger, and I believe this message is going to be a catalyst to help you break free and experience real forgiveness. Number one is this, real forgiveness releases our hurts to God. It releases our hurts to God. Hear me today, People's Church, the first and the most important step to real forgiveness is releasing your hurts to God. It's the first and most important step 
is you got to release it to God. Now, let's look at Joseph in Genesis 41, beginning in verse number 50. It says, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is, notice this, here's what Manasseh means. It is because God has made me forget all my trouble. God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. At some point, Joseph gave his hurt. He gave his, his pain of his brother's wrongdoing to God. Instead of holding on to it, Joseph released his hurt. He released his pain to God. And some of you, you're, you're holding on to the hurt. You're holding on to the pain instead of releasing it to God. You're holding on instead of letting go. You're holding on to the pain. You're holding on to the bitterness. You're holding on to the hurt. You're holding on to what they did. You're holding on to what they, holding on to what they said. You're, you're holding on instead of letting it go. And, and, and you know what we think? Here's what we think. Well, I got to hold on because if I let go, I'm making light of what they did. If I let go, I'm saying that what they did is just not that big of a deal. So I got to hold on instead of letting go. But hear me today, people's church, forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Letting go does not excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. And when you hold on, when you hold on instead of let go, when you hold on instead of let go, you're allowing forgiveness to cause damage in your own life. And the Bible says in Psalms chapter 147, verse 3, he, talking about God, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You see, if you release your hurt to God, here's the promise, God will heal you. If you're, some of you are holding on, your fists are clenched, but if you will let go, if, if you'll turn it loose, if you'll give it to your heavenly Father, the Bible says that God will heal you. But if you hold on to it, if you don't release your hurt and pain to God, unforgiveness will damage your heart. It'll damage your relationships. It will damage your life. You see, unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for someone else's crime. And some of you are there. You're in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for someone else's crime. And when you're in a jail cell of bitterness, it damages your life. It damages those close to you. You see, you know the old saying, hurt people hurt people. Wounded people wound people. And you're in a jail cell of bitterness. You have not released your hurt and pain to God. You haven't given it to the Lord. And, and giving it to the Lord is not always easy because I wish I could tell you you could just give it to God in 10 seconds. It would all go away and your heart would be all healed. And, and yet that could happen because God is all powerful and he does do that. But it may be an entire day of giving it to God. It may be weeks of continuing to release the pain and release the hurt and release the bitterness, release those stalls and say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm not holding on. I give it every time that right, I'm just giving it to you. And can I tell you, the Bible promises that God heals the broken hearted. Release your hurt to God. 
Number two is this, the second step to real forgiveness is real forgiveness is a doorway to God's blessings. You, you, you have to know this. You have to know it's a doorway to God's blessings. Notice back in Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 41 and verse 51, it says, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all of my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim. So the first son he named Manasseh, which means God has made me forget all of my trouble. He says, verse 52, the second son he named Ephraim and said, his, this son means it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. I, I want you to notice that Joseph said, God made me forget all of my trouble of my, in my father's household. He said that before he said, God made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. You see, you have to have a Manasseh before you can have an Ephraim. You see, forgiveness precedes blessings. And, and a lot of people hold on to unforgiveness. They hold on to bitterness. They won't let go. They hold on to the hurt and the pain. And then they expect God to still bless their life. And, and, and they hold on to it. But, but you have to understand what the Scripture teaches. Unforgiveness shuts the door to God's blessings. Unforgiveness. It, it shuts the door. I, I want to teach this to you. It's so important that you understand this because we all deal with hurt and we all deal with pain. And some of you are hurting today and, and life's been hard and people have done you wrong. I know. I know from personal experience. But I want to teach you what, what, what happens when you hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness. Here's just one scripture. Two scriptures actually out of Mark chapter 11. And it's just all throughout the New Testament, this, this teaching on the power of forgiveness. Mark chapter 11 verse 24 says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you have received it. What a powerful prayer scripture. When you pray, believe that you have received what you pray for. And the scripture says, and it will be yours. When you pray according to the word and the will of God, the scripture says you got to believe it and it will be yours. Pastor, what will stop my prayers from being answered? What will stop me from receiving from the Lord? Verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, if you hold any. Everybody say anything? Mm-hmm. Because some of you thought, well, you, you just don't understand. You don't know what they did. No, notice the terminology. If you hold, you, you got a grip on it. You hold anything against, notice this, anyone. You're standing and you're praying, you're coming to church, you're singing the songs, you're believing God to show up, you're believing God to work, but you're holding on. The scripture says this, forgive him. Why? So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. People's church, understand that when you don't forgive, it closes the door to God's blessings in your life. First of all, the scripture teaches that it hinders your prayers. 
You're standing and you're praying and you're believing God. You want God to show up, but you're holding on to the hurt and you're holding on to the pain and you're holding on to the bitterness. Your, your heart's filled with unforgiveness and rage and hatred. And the scripture says, listen, when you stand praying, you're believing God. Listen, God is not able to answer your prayers because you're hating another human being. You're, you're, you're not loving people and God is not able to answer your prayers. It hinders your prayers. And the scripture says, this is huge, this is huge. The scripture says, listen, listen, when you hold on and you don't forgive others, the Bible says your heavenly father is not able to forgive you. You see, forgiveness is a, is a doorway to God's blessings. Unforgiveness shuts the door to God's blessings. You see, forgiveness doesn't change the past. But it does enlarge your future. You can't change. I wish we could go back and change the past. I wish at times, I have wished that I could go back and change what happened to me as a 13-year-old. I wish I could go back and, and change what that lady did. I wish I could. But unforgiveness cannot change the past, but it can enlarge your future. It, it can't open the doors that God has for your life. And I just wonder, here's what I think, people, church. Where would I be today? If I had not forgiven that lady, I wonder if I was living a life full of bitterness and anger and hostility and retaliation because you know what? I deserve to be mad and you know what she did and you know how I was manipulated. I just, I wonder if Tiffany, first of all, would have married me. Second of all, if we'd still be married 19 years in December. I wonder the kind of dad I'd be today if I was still holding on. I wonder what my friendships would look like. I wonder if God would have ever opened a door to a bitter preacher to start a church called People's Church. I just wonder the different course and pathway my life would have taken if I would have held on instead of let go. You see, you, you got to let go. Forgiveness is the doorway to God's blessings, to answered prayer, to God forgiving you. Forgiveness. Number three is this, real, real forgiveness. Three, the third step to real forgiveness is real forgiveness chooses to forgive when you have the power. You choose to forgive when you have the power. Listen, people's church, here's a huge sign that you have experienced real forgiveness. It's, a huge sign is when you have the power. When, when you're in control, when you have the perfect opportunity to get even, and you choose not to, it's, re it's real forgiveness. Notice this in the life of Joseph in Genesis chapter 41, and beginning in verse 53, it says, the seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. So there were seven years of abundance, and now there was going to be seven-year famine. Verse 54, and the seven years of famine began, but, ju but just as Joseph had said, there was famine in all the other lands. But in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. There was food because Joseph stored it away. He put food away for seven years. Verse 55, when all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for the food, excuse me, for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. He's got the power. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the countries, notice this, all the countries, all the surrounding countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe in all the world. 
Now, chapter 42, and beginning in verse 6, it says this. Now, Joseph was the governor of the land. He was second in charge. He was the vice president, the one who sold grain to all his people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him and their faces with, with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph, Joseph saw his brothers, notice this, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? He asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Oh, snap. It is going down. Yeah, you boys don't know who I am. <laughs> you sorry, no good for nothing. You know you threw me in that pit. Well, I mean, think about this. What are the odds that his brothers who hated him, wanted to kill him, sold him, what are the odds that they show up because of a famine and they need food and Joseph is the vice president? Joseph is the governor. Joseph is large and in charge. They're bowing and kneeling before jo What are the odds of this happening? And Joseph has the power. All he has to say is throw those boys in jail, and they spend the rest of their life in jail. All he has to say is kill them. They'll chop off their heads. Joseph is in control. Joseph could retaliate. He could e get even. He has the power. And yet the story of Joseph on real forgiveness is Joseph did not do any of those things. Joseph forgave his brothers. And just like Joseph, there will come a time in your life where some of the people who have hurt you the most, the tide will turn and you're going to actually have the power. And what do you do when the people have hurt you who have hurt you the most? That you are now in control and you have the upper hand. Maybe it's a dad or mom who hurt you, who abused you, who wounded you. They neglected you when you were growing up. You were mad and angry. They, they walked out on the family. You angry and mad as a kid, a teenager. And, and now years later, you're an adult. Your parents are aging. They, they need your help. And, and, and you, you, you now have the power and you got good health. Things are going well for you. And your parents are, are needing and they're, they're reaching out to you. What do you do when the people who have hurt you the most reach out to you and you now have the power? Maybe it's a brother or sister growing up, and they're kind of like Joseph's brothers, and they hated you, they, they picked on you, they, they despised you, they, they ridiculed you, they, they laughed at you, they betrayed you. You can't believe some of the things your siblings did to you. And now you're all older and, and grown up and years have went by and, and, and life has went pretty well for you. You, you married well, you, you got a good job, you, you're making good, good income, Think things are going well. You've got a stable life and, and your siblings, their, their, their life is not so good. They're not so stable. 
And, and all of a sudden, that sibling that, that betrayed you years ago, now they're reaching out to you with a handout. What do you do when somebody who's deeply hurt you, the tide is turning, now you have the power. Maybe it's an ex-spouse, and it was a nasty divorce. Nasty attorneys were involved. You can't believe some of the stuff they said to you. And some years have went by, and and, and now there's maybe a custody issue or they're having a health issue or a financial issue. And, and guess what? They reach out to you. And you told yourself, I don't ever want to talk to you again. And feelings are being stirred up that you hadn't had. You thought I was over this. You, you know, you thought I'm done. I, I'm done. I, I forgave. It's good. And now you've got stuff stirring up in you that you didn't even realize that was there as they're reaching out to you. And what do you do when the person who's hurt you, betrayed you, broken your heart in a million pieces, and the tide has turned, and now you have the power? What do you do? I'll tell you what you do. When you've experienced real forgiveness and you've released your hurt and your pain to God and let him heal your heart. I tell you what you do when you understand that forgiveness is a doorway to God's blessing and enlarges your future. I'll tell you what you do. You do exactly what Joseph did. And you forgive those. And you bless those. And you love those. And you pray for those who have hurt you the most. Come on, just look at your neighbor and say, I'm not there yet. Pray for a brother. Pray for a sister. I'm not there yet. I'm not pray, pray for, I'm not there yet. Go ahead. And I'm not there. Yeah. But you need to get there. You need to pray. You need some prayer. You, you got to get there. Number four is this, number four is this, number four is this. Real forgiveness understands that God is in control. Understands that God is in control. One of the major keys to forgiveness is you have to understand that God is truly in control of your life. You see, Joseph could forgive his brothers because Joseph understood God is in control. I'm going to share one verse with you. If you've been a churchgoer or a Christian for a long time, you, you, you know this verse. If you're new to church, this is going to become your favorite verse right here. Yeah. If you're a new Christian, I promise you, this is the verse for you right here. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God. Somebody wrote a great book. <laughs> but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. 
You see, you have to be confident that God is in control and has a plan for your life. And no matter what happens, God always wins. It doesn't matter what your dad or your mom or your ex or your friend or your coworker or your boss or your brother or your sister. It doesn't matter what they did to you, how much harm they intended to inflict upon you. God is bigger. And one of the reasons that people don't forgive. One of the reasons people hold on instead of letting go is because they truly do not believe that God is in control of their life and God has a plan. You see, this is the secret to Joseph's ability to forgive his brothers. Joseph looked back over his life and Joseph understood this one thing. Boys, I'm not naive. I know you were trying to hurt me. I know you were trying to kill. I'm not naive to what you did. But I've got a bigger perspective. You intended to harm me. But I trusted God. I gave it to God. And I realized God is in control. And God took all of that mess. And he turned it for my good. The writer in Romans says the same thing in chapter 8 and verse 28. Paul says, and we know that in all things, how many know in all things, all things aren't good. There's some bad, there's some ugliness. There's some divisiveness and hatred, but he says, we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't matter if they lied on you, cheated you, talked about you, abused you, hurt you. When you understand that God is in control and you give your hurt and pain to God and you love God, you know that God will take that mess and take that ugliness and take that betrayal and take that nastiness and somehow God will use it for your good if you'll just trust him, if you'll honor him, if you'll forgive, God will use it for your good. Number five is this, the fifth step to real forgiveness is real forgiveness does not play God. Real forgiveness does not play God. Notice this in Genesis chapter 50. I'm going to pick up reading in verse 15. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph, notice this, his, their, their dad is dad. They're thinking Joseph only is being nice to us because dad's been alive. Dad is dad. What if Joseph holds, notice the words, what if he holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrong we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of, of, of the God of your father. When their message came to, jo to, came to him, Joseph wept. See, Joseph had already forgiven them. He had already put that in the past. He couldn't believe they thought he may still be holding on to a grudge. And, and he, just, he just wept. Verse 18, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Am I in the place of God? Joseph said, I'm not going to play God and get even with you. I'm not in the place of God. And some of you are playing God. You're hurting people. You're getting even. You've got the power. And now you're retaliating. You're getting revenge. And you'll never experience all the good that can come from the bad when you choose to get even with people. 
you'll never experience all the good that God can bring from the bad when you play God. You see, we're not called to play God. We're called to act like God. And can I tell you what God did when we were enemies? Herbert Cooper has sinned. I have broken God's heart. I've disobeyed God. I've done things I knew I was not supposed to do, and so have you. And the scripture says, while we were yet enemies, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And you know what God does? We blow it over and over and over and over again. God never says, you know what? You sorry sucker. I've blessed you. I've given you breath. I've given you life. I put clothes on your back. Listen, I provided for you. I gave you a job. I gave you those kids. And look how you treat me. I've got the power. I'm in control. Slap you down. Done with you. That's not how your heavenly father responds. You come to him over and over again. You confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you time and time and time again. And I dare Herbert Cooper, who has been forgiven of so much by God, even the people that have hurt me the most, how can I hold on and not forgive them when God has forgiven me of so much? Ephesians 4 and verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And we do not play God. We act like God. And when we've experienced real forgiveness, we forgive those who have hurt us the most.